pillar. The church is the pillar and support of truth. It's only in God we can find peace through Christ Jesus. God does not dwell in houses of brick of mortar. He dwells in our hearts. Join Word versus World every Sunday at 8 a.m. on 92.5 in Nugu's Dream FM. Word versus World, rightly dividing the truth of God's Word. Word versus World. Sponsored by friends and lovers of the Gospel. been um, on the series um, the gospel of christ <clears throat> for i think about five weeks now and um, the emphasis has been that the gospel is simply a message from god please never forget that it is a message from god consigning christ jesus please take note of those things is a message a message from god and the message is all about christ it's not about a man I would want to say this again quickly, that um, when we talk of the gospel, the gospel is not your testimony, because I've heard people say, um, give your testimony. No, it's, your, it's not your testimony. Your testimony cannot save anybody. Your testimony might encourage people, uh, but it cannot save. The power of salvation lies in the simplicity of the gospel. Um, it's not your testimony, no matter how wonderful, how fantastic, how... Uh, you know, good your testimony is. Your testimony can never be um, the gospel. The gospel is good news from God. However, your testimony can encourage people, but it cannot save. It is only the gospel that can save. So if you read Romans chapter 10, uh, the Bible talks, it says, how will they uh, experience this salvation except they hear? You see, and how will they hear except um, some a preacher is sent to them? See, and how would the preacher go accept his um, sense? So you see, if they must believe, because it is that belief, that believing that would result to salvation. So there must be a hearing. Now the hearing is not your testimony. What they are hearing is not your testimony. What they are supposed to hear is the gospel of Jesus. So the gospel, again, is good news, is good announcement, is good message from God. Um, the reason I'm taking my time to just do a recapitulation of the things we've said so far is because uh, we're going to end this series today. And sometimes we think, oh, it is our cleverness that actually makes people saved. No, no matter how clever you are, you can never, you can never bring anybody to salvation. Uh, when these people preached, if you read scripture very well, uh, Peter and the rest of the guys, this, in the book of Acts, they say these were unschooled men. These were not educated men. However, they had the gospel and they preached the gospel of Christ. So please let us take note of that, that salvation comes when we hear the good news. And you don't, the good news is not a one-off thing that you hear. Even as a Christian, you must keep hearing that good news because that's where the power of God for salvation lies. And never forget that salvation is like this, that you have been saved and you are being saved and ultimately you will be saved. Now in, in this process, you must constantly give heed to the gospel. If you don't, you get to a point where you'll be discouraged and you will turn back. 
you know. So you have to constantly listen. You have to constantly get that good news of Christ. So we said that, and I think we also said um, um, that uh, for you to effectively, Father, I'm going to center on that this morning. What I want to teach about this morning is our responsibility. And when I talk of responsibility, individual responsibility to the spread of this good news. Our responsibility. I have a responsibility. You have a responsibility. Individually, we have responsibilities for the spread of this good news. Now, however, let's go back to it again. I said that um, love, compassion, and a body must be our driving force. Love, compassion, and a body must be our driving force. Otherwise, uh, we'll be like um, Jonah, who you know was sent to Nineveh. Uh, you know, I believe there was no no love, no compassion. He was more concerned of himself uh, than the people getting delivered from their destruction. So he knew he, like he said, he knew the character of God. He knew that once he gave them that message, and they repent, then God, who does not want to see people perish, who love people, don't forget the foundation of all this thing is love. That for God so loved the world that he sent Jesus. That's the foundation of it. Now, until you understand that, you will be like Jonah. You would want to see people perish so that your word will come to pass and they will say, oh, what a powerful prophet. But you will forget that God actually do not want anyone to perish. No one. In fact, you read the Bible, you see wicked kings, you know, who did terrible things. Um, uh, is he uh, Rehoboam now or Jeroboam? Who sacrificed to Molech, children to Molech. And this guy repented and God forgave him. You also see the story of uh, Ahab. Ahab was a very dangerous, terrible king. That was a husband to Jezebel. You know, but at the time when the word of the Lord came to Ahab, that God was going to kill him, the Bible said Ahab repented. And God said, well, look at how Ahab has uh, repented. Though it was temporary. Now you will see the heart of God there, that God does not want anyone to perish. And I'm saying this to you this morning. God does not want you to perish. All he wants you to do is acknowledge. All he wants you to do is say to him like that thief on the cross, I am a sinner. That is what he wants you to do. Now, of course, you know that there were two thieves on that cross, like we know from the Bible accounts that we have. Uh, one was hauling abuses on Jesus, said to Jesus, if you are the son of God, then first of all, save yourself and save us. You know, But the other one simply said to Jesus, first he said to his um, colleague, he said, this man has done nothing wrong. But we, we have done everything. And whatever we are getting now, we deserve. But this man do not deserve this treatment. Now, Jesus said, and he said to Jesus, remember me. And Jesus said, today, you'll be with me in paradise. Now, if you read that, you will see the heart of Jesus. You see the heart of Jesus concerning those who will sincerely come to him and say, I am a sinner. Anyone who comes like that, listen, it doesn't matter what you have done. That is the good news. It doesn't matter what you have done. If you sincerely come to the Lord and say, I am a sinner, I have done this. No, you are not confessing to me. It is between you and the one who, who can forgive sin. No man can forgive sin. No man. It is between you and the one who can forgive sin. You will go to him and you will say, I have done this. You will go to him and you will say, I am addicted to this, but I need power to overcome this. Then the one who can forgive sin will forgive your sin. There is no one, read throughout scripture, there is no one who cried for mercy that did not receive mercy. The problem is our pride. The problem is, you know, we want to do things to get salvation. No, 
There's nothing you can do to obtain salvation. Salvation is of God. Your good works cannot give you salvation. You have to hear that gospel. Again, let me say this. Listen, you will never understand this gospel. And I believe a lot of people don't. Until you are told the bad news. You must see, for you to understand the good news, the bad news must first be told to you. You know, like a man of God said, he says sometimes we want to, uh, because we don't want to hurt the people. And I've spoken to a pastor who said they don't want their people to be sin conscious. Now, I'm not saying your people should be sin conscious, but let them understand the consequences of sin. Until you understand that, the gospel will not make sense to you. So I, I was listening to a man of God who said, now, sometimes we treat people. He gave this example that somebody, as a doctor, maybe somebody comes to you and you, the person was diagnosed of having cancer. And you say, oh, I don't want to offend this person. And you tell the person, oh, what do you have is malaria. You have not done that person good. Let the person know. Probably that early detection would save the life of that person. But what we do sometimes, we say, no, we don't want to offend them. So what we do is say, oh, though it's cancer that been, has been diagnosed, but we say, no, it's malaria. So you, they start treating malaria. Over a period of time, the thing gets worse, spreads all over the body, and the person dies. Now, that is how we treat sin. When we don't tell people that, listen, what this is a consequence of what you are doing. If you don't tell them, they will never understand the gospel. So people must first understand the bad news. You must first paint how bad they were or how bad they are, for them to accept that good news. Otherwise, the average man on the street will think he's a good guy, and he doesn't need Jesus. The average man on the street will think, oh, I'm doing everything right, so I don't need Jesus. So people must be told how far, listen, how far they have fallen. People must be told the, the end of this, their action, what is going to cost them. People must be told, until they are told, they will never understand the gospel. So what, what am I saying? You must first understand that there was bad news. If you don't understand that, then the good news will not make sense to you. Now, having said this, I want to read two scriptures for us. The first scripture I would like to read is from um, Mark chapter 16, verse 15. Mark chapter 16. Okay, let me read from verse 14 to 15. You see, afterward, he appeared to the eleven themselves. And they were reclining at the table. Mark chapter 16, verse 14 now. And he reproached, he reproached them for their unbelief and hardness of heart, because they had not believed those who had seen him after he had risen. And he said to them in verse 15, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. Please take note of that. This now, please, emphasis on that verse 14. Afterward, he appeared to the 11. I'm going to explain that. Then he said to that 11, go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is, go and give them this good announcement. Remember, if you read, um, um, I think that's Matthew chapter 28. Remember, people wanted to suppress this gospel. And there are people who do that. There are people who, you know, Jesus uh, died, was buried. And he resurrected. When the soldiers discovered that this that the body of Jesus was not there again, the Bible said they paid people to make this announcement. They paid journalists. They paid, you know, people who were bloggers and influencers. Oh, you know, they paid all of them to say that the, the disciples of Jesus came at night and they stole his body. 
Now, that doesn't make sense because if you understand the, the soldiers that were on guard, you would know that that doesn't make sense. It's just, that, it's just like when Peter was arrested. You need, you need to go and read the soldiers that were on duty just to guard one man. But it took an angel because you can't, you can't shame. You, see, the things of the Spirit, like the, you can't shame them. You can't put them, you can't box the Spirit. You cannot put the Spirit in shame. Now, but they paid people. And, of course, to suppress that gospel. And the Bible says, even to today, people still believe in Israel that there were people who came, that the disciples of Jesus came, and they stole his body at night. Why? Because people were paid because of money. The Bible says, you can go and read it in the book of Matthew. They were giving money, heavy money, to suppress this gospel. Now, but you see that Jesus began to appear to his disciples, you know, and because they already have this um, um, first-hand information of his resurrection, they were bold to go out. Now, but please bear that in mind. Matthew chapter 16, verse 14 and 15. Again, let me read verse 15. It says, And he said to them, Go into all the world and preach the gospel to all creation. That is, go and make this good announcement that Jesus is risen. Go and make this good announcement that they are sins can, listen, they can have forgiveness of sin. Now, I'm going to read a scripture, another scripture, Matthew 28. Now, I'm going to read from verse 18 to around verse 20. And Jesus came and spoke to them, saying, All authority has been given to me in heaven and on earth. He now says, Go therefore, make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit, teaching them, listen, the first is preached to them. Now, you will teach them. To observe all the things that I have commanded you. That is, when you say observe, to do all the things that I have commanded you. He says, and if you do this, then I will be with you always, even to the end of the age. Now, so you see something here. That these commandments we are giving to the people who have already experienced the gospel. Please, take note of that. Because you cannot, I'm talking of our responsibility as Christians in preaching of this gospel. You cannot... Preach what you do not understand. You don't go to a Bible school to learn how to preach the gospel. No. In fact, see, I'm not against Bible school. I attend, I've attended some. But you don't learn how to preach the gospel there. No. You preach the gospel because you have experienced it. That's why if you if you've followed the series thus far, you see our explanation, how it has gone. In fact, Pastor Emao Ba was here and he said something. He said, when you come to Christ, you sit down. He said he called the disciples that they will first be with him. That is, he will teach them. He will impact the spirit unto them. They will experience the power of God then before they will go out. Now, a lot of us want to preach, and that is why most times it's like our preaching is not effective. Now, what am I saying? First, you cannot preach. You cannot teach what you have not experienced. Let me go to uh, Acts chapter 10, a story that we know very well of Cornelius. You know, you know the story of Cornelius, how... Um, l- let me let me quickly read that Acts chapter ten. Uh, there's something I want to bring out from there. Um, from verse three, from verse one, the man um, Cornelius was his name was mentioned, and the Bible said he lived in sit in the city of Caesarea, and there was a Roman army in the Italian regiment, and everyone in his home were uh, devout and respected God. Say Cornelius gave many gifts to the poor, uh, the Jewish people, and always prayed to God. Now, but listen to this verse 3. One day, 
About three in the afternoon, he had a vision. He clearly saw an angel from God came to him and said, Cornelius, in verse 4, he, start, he stared at the angel and was terrified. Cornelius asked the angel, What do you want, sir? The angel answered him, God is aware of your prayers. Now I'm reading the God's Word translation. God is aware of your prayers and your gifts to the poor. And he has remembered you. And now say, send messengers now to the city of Joppa and summon a man whose name is Simon Peter. He says he's a guest of Simon, a leather worker, who ha- whose house is by the sea. After saying this in verse 7, the angel left Cornelius, called two of his um, household servants and devout soldiers, uh, one of those who served him regularly. Cornelius explained everything to them and sent them to Joppa. Now we know the other story from verse 9. They went to Joppa and all that. Peter had that uh, revelation that he fell into trance and the Holy Spirit spoke to him, had to explain to him why he had to go to the house of Cornelius who was a Gentile. Now what are we saying? The angel of the Lord appeared to Cornelius but did not give Cornelius the gospel. Why? Because the angel himself has not experienced the gospel. He knows the gospel but he has not experienced it. Now what is the gospel? It means that or what does it mean to experience the gospel? It means that I understand that I was a sinner and I cried out to God and in his mercy, he drew me to himself. He forgave my sin. Now, you cannot, why am I saying this? You cannot preach what you have not experienced. The angel knew the gospel, but he cannot preach the gospel because he has not experienced the gospel. It is only a Peter who has experienced the gospel that can come to Cornelius and preach to Cornelius the gospel of Jesus. The angel would have preached. Of course, uh, 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 Cornelius saw the angel, but the angel still had to tell Cornelius, send for a man who has experienced the gospel. That man will bring the message to you and you will understand. The angel could not do that. What are we saying? If you want to be effective in preaching the gospel, listen, it's not a Bible school. No. You see, sometimes, and like I've said uh, for, for some weeks, when that hits me, that the things sometimes we go to Bible school to learn and get PhD and all that, Doctor of Divinity, fishermen wrote these things. Peter was a fisherman. In fact, in the book of Acts, they say these men were uneducated. Now we're going to school to study what uneducated men wrote because we lack the Spirit of God. So, you don't learn how to preach the gospel that most of the People I know who teach effectively, they've attended the Bible school. Now, I'm not saying there's anything wrong with the Bible school. If it's a lot of people just go there to get certificates and say, I went to this Bible school. But the Holy Spirit, listen, if the if you go through the school of the Spirit, you will know more than people who go there. You will. What am I saying? You don't have to go to the Bible school to preach the gospel. You but you have to experience the gospel to preach the gospel. You have to experience it. That's number one. What is our responsibility in the preaching of this gospel? Is what I've just explained now. Number one is that we must get involved, get involved in doing what preaching. And what I've just said is that you cannot preach if you have not experienced. You know, Paul say, uh, said, Second um, Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. Second Thessalonians chapter three, verse one. He, he, he encouraged the people to pray that this gospel will grow. Um, let me quickly get that scripture. Second Thessalonians chapter 3, uh, verse 1. This is what it says. It says, Finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may spread 
and be honored. Every, listen, every Christian has his responsibility to pray. What are you praying for? That the word of the Lord will be honored. See, there are people I know, before we come on air, every Sunday, they take time to pray for this program. So that the people will understand. They, they take time. I, I don't want to go into details of that. But a lot of prayers go into this thing. There are people who take their time, who have committed that our own contribution to the preaching that you do on radio is this, that we will, take, that we will pray for you, that you will not fail, that the word of God will be honored. It's not a joke. Because this word actually meets resistance. The word means resistance. So that prayer is needed. So Paul said, he said, finally, brothers, pray for us that the word of the Lord may the word of the Lord may speed ahead and be honored as it happened among you. That's 2 Thessalonians chapter 3, verse 1. Then if you go to Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, Colossians chapter 4, verse 3, he said at the same time, pray, pray also for us that God may open to us door. For the world, for the world, to declare the mystery of Christ, on account of which I'm in prison. Paul here is the same. Pray for us. You know, I heard a man of God say some somebody, a group of people met him and said, "We are praying for you, sir." And he made a statement. He said, "Don't pray for me. Go and pray for yourself." Ah. Now that's arrogant talk. Everybody needs prayer. That's the truth. You don't come to the point when you say, "Don't pray for me. Go and pray for yourself." No. If Paul, who's you know. Who has, who has seen the mystery, you know, Paul who saw mystery, mysteries of heaven. In fact, that was why a tongue was given in his flesh, so that he would not be proud because of the things he saw. If Paul could say, pray for us, every preacher should be prayed for. Every preacher, everyone who preaches the gospel should be prayed for. Mm-hmm. So Paul said, pray for us. Then you go to Ephesians chapter 19. If you read, let me just paraphrase, 19 to 20, say, and also for me, that the words may be given to me in opening my mouth, boldly to proclaim the mystery of the gospel, for which I am an ambassador in chains. Now, this is Paul also speaking, that I may declare it boldly as I ought to speak. So, what is the responsibility of every believer? What is the responsibility of every Christian? Take time to pray. Take time to pray. And it's simple. What are you praying for? that this gospel will spread, that doors of opportunity will open, that this gospel will spread. Paul said not all men have faith. There are people who are working, you know, hard to make sure that this gospel is, you know, doesn't go far. But listen, we're not saying it is God who has the power to push out this word, but we have a responsibility to pray that this gospel will spread. So I have a responsibility to pray. I have friends who are missionaries in the north. I pray for them. Not just that I pray for them. I also send something to them because it's my responsibility. You know, sometimes, if you read the book of Revelation, you would think that God was angry with the church or uh, the church in Laodicea because it prospered. No. There were seven churches there. There were churches who faced severe persecutions. There were churches who prospered. God was never angry with the church that prospered. Why was he angry with them? He wasn't angry with them because he prospered, I meant to say. He was angry with them because that prosperity was now their God. In fact, the church in Laodicea said, we need nothing. You know, we are self-sufficient. And God said, let me tell you your estate. You are poor, you are naked, you are rich, and all that. 
He wasn't angry with them. He was the one who gave them the prosperity. But they, they were so got comfortable with the prosperity that they can say to, listen, indirectly to God, that we don't need you now. You know, and we pray prayer like this, like Jacob prayed, I will never leave you unless you bless me. And that's why God will never bless you. Because he doesn't want you to leave him. If you read the book of Hebrews chapter 11, the Bible says um, Jacob leaned on his staff and blessed the children of Joseph. Of Joseph, Hebrews chapter 11. What God was saying, that staff is God. What God was saying to, uh, what God, that by that, what God meant is, uh, Jacob, you will always depend on me. Always. Because God always wants you to depend on him. Um, what's his name now? Peter. When it's like everything was scattered, he went back to fishing. And the same thing uh, uh, he experienced uh, was what, when Jesus met him, was the same thing he was experiencing. He caught, they toyed all night and they caught nothing. And what Jesus was saying to him by that statement is, Peter, even in the business you think you know very well, without me, you can do nothing. Because Peter went back to what he knew. What did he know how to do? He knew how to catch fish. So when his like, ministry was not working, oh, Jesus has been killed, everything has been scattered, you know, he went back to fishing. Except he still did not prosper. And Jesus was just saying to him, Peter, without me, you can do nothing. And Jesus asked me, do you read that uh, uh, scripture very well? He said, do you love me more than this? That's in the book of John, the last chapter. Three times he asked him. Now, what are we saying? We have a responsibility to pray that this gospel will prosper. We have a responsibility to pray. Every Christian. Sometimes what we are supposed to use prayer for, we take that time of prayer and we are praying for other things. These are the See, listen. There are things that Jesus said will be added. You don't pray for the things that will be added. You do what he said you should do. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness and other things shall be added. That's what he said. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness. He will add other things. He said something. He said your heavenly father knows that you need these things. But what do we do? We spend time. We spend hours. Praying for the things that God said will be added and we leave the kingdom. What is the kingdom? Is that we will pray that this gospel will spread. If we take our time to pray for, for, for the gospel, if we take our time to pray for the expansion of the kingdom, then we will see other things added. But we said no. It's the things that are added that we must pray for. So we spend our time. We spend uh, our energy praying for the things that he said will be added. What is our responsibility as Christians uh, with respect to this preaching of this gospel is number one we must listen you must pray pray for those who are on the front line number two or number three because i explained first that uh you must haven't experienced this gospel that you also should preach that is why he said to them go because he said to the apostles that is 11 he said go to the world preach and i said to them in matthew go and teach and command them to do all that I have taught you. Now, there's a third thing that we need to do. Now, before I even go to that thought, let's not forget that um, in preaching, we preach with our mouth, but we also preach with our lives. We've said this before. Two ways we preach. I think it is hypocrisy. When we preach with our mouth, what we have not experienced. I think it is hypocrisy. You know, it's called, that's what uh, Jesus accused the uh, 
the uh, Pharisees of the he, he called them hypocrites. Who is an hypocrite? An hypocrite is is an actor. You're acting. You're not real. You're just acting. No, God doesn't want you to act. He wants you to preach what you have experienced. Now, so how you live your life, if you read 1 Peter 2.12, he says, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable so that when they speak against you as evildoers, they may see your good deeds and glorify God on the day of visitation. My emphasis is this, that you keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable, pure. Who are the Gentiles? These are the people who mock God. Who are the Gentiles? These are the people who, sometimes when I hear comedians <laughs> talk about God, talk about Jesus, you know, they use the Holy Spirit to, to crack their jokes. I'm sorry for them. I'm sorry for them. The reason I really don't, sometimes they even come to our churches, we invite them to our churches, and they, they make jokes. I just, I pity them. Sincerely, I do. I pity them. Because, you do, you know, what you can't do to other people, you think is increased. Now, we might not come out and fight you. No, no, we don't fight for our God. But our God can fight for himself. And let me tell you, when he fights, you will, see, nobody will be able to beg him. Stay clear from these things. Stay clear from making mockery of things that you don't understand. You say you are joking. Who told you there's a joke? You are using Jesus to joke. You are using the Holy Spirit to joke. Because they paid, they paid you how much? If you try that again, God will judge you. God will not just judge you. He will judge the church that invited you to mock Jesus. 1 Peter chapter 2, verse 12. He said, keep your conduct among the Gentiles honorable. Keep it honorable. Why are we to keep it honorable? Why are we to keep it pure? Because these are the people we want to preach to. So if they see us living a life contrary to the things we are saying, they are likely not to follow. I believe you have heard of people say, if it is only that one that is a Christian, I will not be a Christian. It's not a good testimony for you. It's not a good testimony. Um, um, First Peter, if you read 3.16, it says, having a good conscience so that when you are slandered, those who revile your good behavior in Christ may be put to shame. Now, what are we saying? Two ways we preach. We preach with our conduct and we preach with our mouth. A lot of people are good at preaching with their mouth or their conduct most times. I'm not saying you get everything right, but don't be an hypocrite, right? Don't be an hypocrite. Make sure that you are living the life. Acts chapter 1. You see what Jesus began to do and teach. And that's why I explained to you from Acts chapter 10 that the angel could not preach to Cornelius. He had to tell Cornelius to send for Peter because it is Peter who has experienced the power of the gospel. So Peter can come and t- if you read what Peter please go and read Acts chapter 10 and read what Peter said to Cornelius. Peter did not tell Cornelius his testimony. He told him about Jesus. That was what he said to Cornelius. Now the third thing we will do, and I'll just maybe pause here so that we'll take calls, is that before I say this, let me before I go to the third thing, let me say this quickly. <coughs> Excuse me. Cannot initiate anything. What the devil does is he perverses things. He imitates things. Uh, the Bible says he comes, Jesus is the light. But the Bible says the devil, Satan comes as an angel of light. Hmm? Why does he come like, why does he disguise like that? So that to deceive. He comes to deceive. Now, what are we saying? You see the same way um, the soldiers were paid. Eh? 
so that they will cover that good news. We also have a responsibility to give to this gospel. We do. We have a response. Every Christian, it's not giving so that you will get. Listen, sometimes we sing songs, Jesus is the answer for the world today, which is true. The world is going through a lot, not just in Nigeria, all over the world. You know, from the UK to the US to France, you know, everywhere there's a shaking. Um, so we say Jesus is the answer, which is true. But how, um, how much of the Jesus are we ready to, okay, how much are we ready to stake for that Jesus to be preached to this world? Because that's what the world needs to be saved. You know, once my wife brought a um, beautiful, um, yeah, these um, magazines for children, as in well, colorful prints and very beautiful. And I think he sent them from US. Somebody in Nigeria helps them to distribute, and it's totally free. Yes, yeah, totally free. And there are things that when a child sees, a child would want to read, and they are gospel materials. So I said to my wife, I, I need to send money to these people because these things cost money. You would, you would think you received it for free. No, you did not. People paid for that thing. People did pay for that thing. Sometimes we have Bible apps. I've been teaching from my, from my device here. I read my Bible from my device. Downloaded for free. No, it's not for free. Somebody paid for it and said everybody must have this gospel. And I, I was, I, I've said to a group of people, if you were paying for, uh, you know, I have, you can have as much as, as much as 20 Bible apps in your device. Now, take for example that you're paying 10,000 naira per download at the Bible. And you see people who have gone out to, to make sure that this uh, scripture, you know, goes into, you know, they are being uh, translated. You have the Igbo translation, you have the Yoruba translation, you have the Alsa translation, you know, you have the Urubu translation. You even have Pidgin translation. Yes, there's a Pidgin translation. I like to read it sometimes. It's, it's funny, but it's good. Now, you even have the Pidgin translation. Now, people actually put work to getting these translations. Now, that work actually is money. Do you understand? Now, so you give to it. You give to the gospel. When they were to return from Babylon to um, Jerusalem, and they were building and all that, there were people who did not leave Babylon. But they said, we are going to send our money. But there were people who went. Now, because rebuilding the walls of Jerusalem took strength, not just strength, it took money. So there were people who gave. That if you read the book of Chronicles, their names were written. And they said, the family of this gave this. The family of this gave this. It was for a purpose. It was for a purpose. So that they will know those who gave to the rebuilding of the temple. Now, what am I saying to people today? Please listen to me. All I'm saying is this. That we must give to this gospel. Unfortunately, a lot of us don't like to talk about money because it's been grossly abused. You know, it's been grossly abused. I was saying something earlier. It skipped my mind, but let me. it just came to my mind again. Now, when you see people pay, that they, got, that they should say, they paid the soldiers heavily, that they should go out and say to the people that the disciples of Jesus came and stole the body. Listen to this. We also have a responsibility to give to the preaching of the gospel. When you get to your village this Christmas, there's a pastor who has been there. Give something to that your pastor. He's been laboring there. And yes, give something to him. 
It teaches your mother, teaches your, your relations in the village. You know, give something to him. As in plan to give to your pastor in the village. Do. Do. Because this preaching takes a lot. That's the truth. You know, once I told somebody how much we spent per week, the person did not believe. I mean, every Sunday. Every Sunday. At the time, I told uh, Hope. I told that stop because she makes the announcement that if you want to be a part of what we are doing, give. At the time, I said stop. Because it was so abused, grossly abused. But the fact that it's been abused doesn't mean people should not give. I know people use this to enrich themselves and all that. But the truth is, there is still a need to give to the gospel. Because it takes a lot, I can tell you, to preach that gospel and push it out. What am I saying so far? How do we respond? How do we participate in the preaching of the gospel? If we believe, if we believe, if I believe that this is the power of God unto salvation, I will pray, I will live a life worthy of the gospel, that is teaching, and I will also teach like I'm doing today, then I will also give. I give me, I give to the preaching of this gospel. I have a friend in the north who, um, who is laboring there. I sent something to him. It's my personal responsibility. And I encourage people because down here, we are relaxed. You know? Yes, we are. God has prospered the church down south here. Sometimes we forget that there are people who are laboring there. And sometimes when they see 5,000 naira, it's like they've seen 5 million naira. Yes. Ahead of an African country. I don't want to... to I don't want to uh, you know, name a wrong one, but an African country that if you take... A hundred thousand naira day is like you're a billionaire, you know. And I think we should go to such places. We have a lot of money in Nigeria. The church has a lot of money. If we truly believe that the gospel is the power of God, I think we should go to such places and, you know, establish the church in such places. We are too comfortable. We have eaten. We are filled. We want more and more and more that we forget that the reason God gave us life is to live for him. Paul says, to live is Christ. That is, the purpose of living is Christ. And to die is gain. Death will never be gain if you never lived for Christ. Death will only be a gain when you have lived for Christ. He said, we know that he died for all. That those who, uh, who he died for should no longer, no longer live for themselves. So we are no longer living for ourselves. We are living for Christ. And we must, please, Live for Christ. We must participate in the preaching of this gospel. All right. Like I said, I have a dual function this morning. Let's not forget we are still listening to uh, Word versus Word. Um, so it's time to take our calls. And um, remember, you can send a message to our Facebook page. And it's Word versus Word. You can also send um, a chat to 90 Again, it's 90 Send a chat there and we will respond. Let's take our calls. Okay, the number to call is 090 2925 or 080 988 All right. All right, so we're still expecting your call. Again, we're rounding off this series for today. 
And um, let's not forget, before I forget, our, our site is up. You can, all the series, uh, with all the, message, the messages we've preached in this series, the gospel of Christ, you'll find them there. It's truth.ng, truth.ng. Hello, good morning. Good morning. Um, am I in two words versus world? Yes, you are. Your name and location, okay, please. Um, so I want to ask a question. You said that uh, my name is Hope. I'm calling from Lagos. Okay. Yes, yeah, so you said that we should pray for, um, you know, the word of God and the pastors and all that. But I have a question. There are pastors who are teaching the wrong gospel, another gospel. What kind of prayer do we pray about those people? Do we pray that God should punish them? Do we pray that God should take them out of ministry for Or should we pray that their hearts should be turned to God? Some of them have refused to learn. So please, I need clarification. What kind of prayer should we pray when pastors are teaching people another gospel and without without any, any form of shame whatsoever? Thank you, sir. All right. Okay. Um, Jesus said, in fact, I think that this was also a concern to... Uh, I think the disciples and they said let us uproot them you know and Jesus said no let the wheat and the tars grow together Jesus will do that in fact um, the, the truth is for the preaching of another gospel I think the best we can do as Christians is to make sure we push the original right let's push the truth there will always be people who will preach another gospel there will always be people who will come and teach false grace there is a false grace teaching that whatever you do doesn't matter. That the grace of God, and Jude said that, that the grace of God and permits us to do immoral things. Now, but so what, what we do as Christians, we're not praying for them to die. Do you understand? We're not praying that, no, no. Leave them. Let the wheat and the tars go together. Let's be preaching good news. Let them be preaching another gospel. The one who is the owner of the church, the one who is the judge, will judge. You know, so, but we have a responsibility to pray. We have a responsibility to pray. Our focus is not on those false people. Our focus is that the true gospel of Jesus will be taught. That God will amplify the voice of people who are teaching the truth. Why? Listen, those who are teaching another gospel, leave them. Jesus said a time will come. He will do the sorting himself. Right? So let's leave that job for Jesus. Hello. Hello good morning. Good morning, sir. Uh, my name is Frank. I'm calling from Enugu. Welcome, Mr. Frank. Brother Frank. Yeah, thank you. Um, I have a lady I'm planning to get married to, and uh, recently she got her first salary from her new job. So she took everything to the church, saying that she wants to sow a seed or something like that. Uh, this was from what her mom told her. She got a revelation some time ago. So I was very angry and because I, I don't like that. I mean, taking your first salary to the church... She said that he's showing seed. I don't know. I need a confirmation to this. Am I wrong for disputing that? Or I don't know. Please, I need your confirmations. Okay. Well, it's not in line with what we're discussing, but let me just um, help you. Um, first, you're not married to her, so you don't have a right over her, how she spends her money. That's number one. Uh, maybe when you get married, you can, you can tell her that uh, you're not supposed to... Uh, you know, give your whole salary to your church. But for now, you're not married to her. You want to get married to her. So you truly cannot uh, control or say to her, this is how you spend 
your money and all that. I have a scripture for that, but because of time, I'm not going to that. But if you send a chat to that number I called, uh, that is 90 I'll send the scripture to you. Now, having said that, whether it's right for her to give her one month salary, it is to you according to your faith. If she believes that, you can give your whole one year salary, it's you. You can decide to give uh, five naira. It is you. It is according to your faith. I'm not here to teach you how to give or how not to give. But work with God. You know, if she says it's a whole one month salary, that, that is to her according to her faith. Now, when you get married to her, then you teach her what you believe about the scripture. Then you, both of you will sit down and say, oh, this is what you should give. But I understand that principle. A lot of people call it the principle of first fruits. You know, they call it the principle of first fruits. You understand? But I think with the little I have shared with you, that should help you. But first, you are not married to her. So you should not uh, uh, tell her how she will spend her money. When you get married, then both of you will sit down and decide, okay, this is what I believe, this is what I believe. Then if you don't believe, please listen to this. If you don't believe that a lady should give her one month salary, please, while you are still cutting, settle that. Right? So that it doesn't cause a problem when you guys get married. God bless you. Hello. Hello, good morning. Good morning, good morning sir. Yes, Pastor, good morning. Good morning, sir. Yes, sir. I want to thank you for your wonderful job you are doing. Well, blessed I have followed you since, uh, since uh, 2019 now. Wow. Uh, I want to tell you that uh, your teaching has a really uh, uh, make it part in me. And I want to thank you so much. Bless the Lord, uh, sir. I have a, yes, I have a question this morning. You made mention of uh, where you say there's uh, somebody tell me that uh, somebody who is not educated, how can uh, the person stay on the computer and uh, teach the world of God? What kind of a story that person is having? But I told the person that, uh, that you have a gift, that God gave everybody a gift in the Bible. That if you read your Bible, you see people which are giving you so many gifts. But you make sure, mention of uh, somewhere in the Acts where you say people are not going educated, but they are still preaching the word of God. That's true. I want to, I want that verse, if that verse I want to use it to back it up. Okay. All yes, right. thank you very much, sir. Okay. All right, don't worry, we'll take more calls. I hope to get a scripture um, and send and let you know before, hopefully before we we'll close for today. Well, let's take more calls. I remember, like we said earlier, please, you can send a WhatsApp message to 90 All right. Hello, this is Frank. I got back. Yeah, you, you, know, you know that there, there are sometimes when something like this is happening in the union, it's better to settle it before going into the marriage. Because I believe that the same attitude will be displayed in the marriage. And uh, since I, as the man, is not uh, comfortable with it, I want to settle it now before I get married. So it's not like, this day, maybe I want to get married. It's not like, okay, I'm not supposed to tell her what to do or something like that. I don't know if you get me, sir. All right. Uh, my brother's here. I, I think you should... Um I, I think you should send me a message. Send me a message so that I'll, I'll counsel you um, personally eh, on that. Just send me a message. Uh, again, the number is 90 
0905550617. Send me a message on that line. 090 uh, So that we don't get um, out of uh, sidetrack from the major thing we're discussing today. Now, for the brother who called with respect to that um, scripture, that's Acts chapter 4, verse 13. Acts 4, 13. The Bible says, When they saw the courage of Peter or the boldness of Peter and John, and realized that they were unschooled or uh, some um, um, translations would say ordinary, ordinary men or uneducated men. The New Living Translation says the members of the council were amazed when they saw the boldness of Peter and John, for they could not see that they were ordinary men with no special training in the scriptures. They also recognized them as men who had been with Jesus. Now, um, the English Standard Version says, Now, when they saw the boldness of Peter and John and perceived that they were un- uneducated, uneducated. If you know the, if you know the story of um, the Redeemed Christian Church of God, how it all started and all that, uh, you, know the, you know the founder was, um, that's a park in Dayomi. You know, he, he was not an educated man. You know, in fact, he preached in Yoruba. And uh, Pastor Deboye, the present general of Russia, great man of God, to, you know, was, who had a PhD then, was his interpreter. Yeah, so an uneducated man was preaching, and, uh, and a man who went to school was interpreting. Do you understand? Now, so that, that's what I meant when I said, listen, all you, what you see, you just need to have experienced the power of the, the gospel. Do you understand? The things of this, the things of the spirit has nothing to do with education. You know, John chapter 3, Nicodemus. You know what Jesus said to him when he came to Jesus at night? Jesus said, because Jesus said to him, You want to be born again? Then sorry, you want to he said you want to get into the kingdom, then you have to be born again. Nicodemus asked, Am I going to enter my mother's womb the second time? And Jesus asked this guy, that are you a teacher of the law? Now, let me explain that. He said, are you, a, are you a teacher of the law and you do not understand how these things work? A teacher of the law simply means, now, for you to be a member of the Sahendri, you must be well-educated, you will have money, and you must have gotten to, some, like, to, to an age, you know, quite elderly. Right, good. So that was what Jesus was saying. It's not by your education. Being born again, an uneducated man who has experienced the power of God can explain it to you. But I can tell you there are a lot of educated people who cannot. Why? They have not experienced it. They have not experienced it. Now, please, I'm not taking anything away from education. I went to school. I have a BSc. I'm not taking anything away from it. There is a place for it. Do you understand? Paul, Paul was schooled. He went to school, trained under Gamali as a, as a lawyer. You know, in our terms, we say maybe he had a PhD in law, you know. But that, that's, not what we're to, well, that's not what we're talking about, right? If, if you read the Colossians chapter 3, read verse 11. Colossians 3, 11, read from the um, Living Bible. He said, hey, what matters now in this new life is not your education, is not your social status, uh, status is not your, your race, is not your um, nationality. He said, what matters now is that you have Christ, right? So that's what we mean. If you, if you have experienced the power of the gospel, listen, preaching it will not be difficult. The problem is, a lot of people have not experienced it. A lot of people have not experienced this. Maybe we'll take this last call and we'll go for today. Just one more call and we'll go for today. 
All right. If there's no call, then we can call it um, a day. All right. Let's just take one last call. Hello. Hello. Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. Oh, sorry. This is Ifani speaking from Kogi State. Okay. Welcome, Ifani. Thank you. I have this. Uh, I have this question to answer. You know. You know that they said, uh, like according to the Bible, they said the need for this gospel is to bring the that is the good news to those who have not had it before. Mm. So now my my confusion is this. You know, like in Nigeria today, most of the, I, I don't think there is any part of Nigeria that we can say that they have not uh, had this uh, gospel. So, is there any now carrying gospel around as in try to like persuade people? Because other religions, other religions like we know in Africa, like uh, right. as in APR, mm. so all those religions they don't like carry their this thing around. Alright, um, because of time, I, I think I understand what you're saying. We keep preaching. Um, until they accept it, we keep preaching. You understand? Um, there's a proverb that says, he that does not read is not better than he that cannot read. Right? So the ones who have not accepted, we also assume that they have not heard. Yeah, so we keep preaching, right? We keep preaching. Um, both to the ones who have heard and they have not believed. Eh? And to the ones who have not heard, and as a result, they have not believed. believed. So we keep preaching, eh, my brother. Now, um, somebody asked a question on WhatsApp. I'm going to reply you personally. That's it, Marcel from Kogi State. God bless you. Um, for those of us who join in the evening, we'll meet in the evening by 5 p.m. Have a beautiful week ahead. Word versus world. Sponsored by friends and lovers of the gospel. 